the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. And this is V, and we welcome you to another episode of the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. And this podcast is going to be number two in the series of an Ayurvedic look at violence. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. And so last week we talked about uh, Tim Larkin's book, When Violence is the Answer. Because he's going into a concept <clears throat> of literally the when you need to use violence, that's the only answer. Yes. And I know that Ayurveda talks a lot about it. And I know that we've talked a lot about how Ayurveda can look at everything. Yes. And from anywhere from how to run a business to how to be healthy to how to be sick. Yeah. So can or you... Or how, get... how not to be sick. I actually... <laughs> also how to be sick. That's true. Uh, yeah. So when we look at violence, and we've been listening to his book... Uh, what does Ayurveda say about his book? Okay, what the real Ayurveda says or what commodity Ayurveda says? I would like to know what real Ayurveda says and we'll discuss commodity Ayurveda later on. Real, real Ayurveda says that no matter what you look at in life, you have to keep a dynamic balance. And, of course, you have to know your context, right? So you are looking at the dynamic balance within that context. So the context here is... It's protection. Protection. It's safety. Right? It's knowing what to do. Or actually, I want to first start off with the knowing how to be aware of your surroundings compared to not knowing how to be aware. And I, we see it I all the time. I would like to backtrack. Okay, go ahead. I would like to backtrack on that and say, okay, the, the topic is when violence is the answer. Right? Okay, yes. So Ayurveda says, what is the term here? The main term is violence, right? Okay. When violence is the answer. Well, what is your context, right? Yes. And that's where the key is. So the context is self-protection. Okay. And now we go from there. Okay, so self-protection is the context. Yes. And so violence is not the answer when you're at a bar. Exactly. And you're trying to pick exactly. a fight. Exactly. Or somebody's trying to pick a fight with you to show aggression. Yeah. Violence is not the answer when you're driving down the street and somebody flips you off. Exactly. Violence is not the answer when you are walking your dog and somebody yells at you because your dog peed on their tree. Absolutely. So violence is not the answer for a lot of times. Exactly. Actually, almost all the time. Exactly. And Ayurveda actually speaks that. It exactly. doesn't talk about, oh, go out and hurt people. No. So, but what we're talking about here is when violence is the answer and when violence is the answer is literally when nothing else can save you or someone else absolutely 
Absolutely. And that's what Ayurveda says. So when violence is the answer, you have to know as much about it as possible. You have to be able to recognize when violence is the only answer and use that tool to the best of your ability. Ayurveda says knowledge, awareness, and knowledge. And I like how you use the word tool. Violence is a tool. So uh, I've been told throughout my time in law enforcement that uh, uh, I don't want to hurt someone. And I understand that. I don't want to hurt somebody. And uh, they, well, why should I train to hurt people? I'm never going to have to. Well, we look at, if you want to look at that, uh, violence being the tool, also a fire extinguisher. I never want our house to catch on fire, but we keep fire extinguishers. We check our sprinkler system. But that doesn't mean that we want to have a fire. Mm -hmm. It means that we're being prepared in case a fire happens. We have a system of where we're going to go if the fire happens. Exactly. Along with that, same with car insurance. Yes. I don't ever want to get into an accident, but we have car insurance. Mm-hmm. We wear a seatbelt mm-hmm. because if we do get into an accident, we're more protected. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it in the way of it's just a tool, just like a fire extinguisher is, knowing how to protect ourselves is a tool that we should have for our everyday living. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a, it's, it, it, things happen, right? And just like we accept that things catch on fire, just like we accept that uh, accidents happen on the road and all that stuff, we also need to accept, even though we don't like it, that there are bad guys who do terrible things. Yep. It's a fact of life. Yep. We wear life jackets when we're on paddleboards yeah. or kayaking. Exactly. We, we wear care- leashes. <laughs> yep, to keep ourselves attached to the mm-hmm. paddleboard. So there's always some type of safety. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want any of those things ever to happen mm-hmm. where someone dies. And because of that, we're prepared mm-hmm. for safety. Exactly. It's not that we're, we're oh, oh. If we don't wear a leash and we visualize with uh, whatever <laughs> that uh, uh, visualize Maybe there is wearing, a mudra we can yeah. do while we visualize yep. not falling off the board. And that causes people falling off the yeah, board. Exactly. But it's not that way. Mm-hmm. Just because you have good intentions, you, that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. Exactly. Yeah, bad, bad, bad things happen. That's part of life. The Upanishads say that. The Upanishads say there is a balance, and uh, bad things are part of that dynamic balance. And so if we're going to have a life jacket and learn how to swim, Mm -hmm. shouldn't we also learn how to be aware and possibly, not possibly, but also learn how to do severe damage? Exactly. So so I still want to get more into the concept of being aware, because that's that can get rid of almost everything. Exactly. If you're aware, I'm not saying it gets rid of everything, but awareness can make a lot of issues just disappear. Yes, I I like to look at awareness 
as defining your context. The, the more aware you are, the more control you have over your context. And the more aware you are, and the more you learn about awareness, the more you notice things that you can get away from, and then you are not putting yourself into any harm's way. Exactly, yes. The chances of putting yourself into harm's way are being reduced significantly. And then you don't have to use violence. Exactly. Then you don't have to use violence. There are certain times, and most of us will never, ever have to go through that if we're aware. But if we're not aware, and I'm seeing a lot more people being less aware every day, so by being aware, that's going to keep you safer. Oh, yes. Yes. You and uh, and your community. It, It all goes back to something bigger than yourself, and that is your community. So when we come back, I want to talk more about awareness. Stay tuned. Do you like what you hear? The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you. So in Tim Larkin's book, the second chapter is more about creating a mindset of being able to use violence. Yeah. Now, with that, though, he also talks a little bit about awareness, and that's where I sort of want to go first with Ayurveda. And awareness is about having situational awareness, knowing what's going on around you. Yes. And in today's world, with everybody on the phone, I would say that... uh, 90% of the people that walk by our studio are not looking at people. They're looking down. I see people run into trees. I see people trip over rocks. I see people walk into their bicycles, walk into bicycles on a constant, actually even people walking into the wall of the studio Yeah. because they're not looking up. So that's not being aware of your surroundings. No. No, uh, the headphones and the devices are taking completely away two of your major senses, right? Yeah. And that would be cloudiness, right? That, that would be the cloudy. That, that would be the cloudy, like a cl- cloudiness overload, <laughs> if there is a word. Is there a word? I don't cloudiness? know. But cloudiness I don't overload. So, but so we'll I just think, make one. I think they understand the picture. It's a... Yeah, uh, of uh, of two of our senses, and, right? And has this using iPads, using phones, with using earbuds, is and losing our ability to see around us. Is there anything that Ayurveda would say dramatically about that? Besides it just being it, it's losing our cloudiness. It's uh, us having more cloudiness, losing our clarity, right? Yeah, also Ayurveda says that you are not not processing any new information, which means you are not being able to distinguish when the dynamic balance 
is starting to be lost mm-hmm. because we we constantly process information, right? We constantly receive input through our senses about our environment and we constantly make decisions based on that sensory input. But by not having that sensory input or having distorted sensory input, we cannot make decisions accurate decisions based on the dynamic balance so we can't we can't tell when the dynamic balance is being distorted so i and i also i want to bring up i've noticed people walking into the building they walk so close that Mm -hmm. if somebody opens up the door they actually walk into a door of this building and so because they're not being aware and they have to be so close to the building i know that in in uh tactics you don't want to be that close to the building because anything can happen to you when you walk around a corner you're you're no longer cutting the pie which is a tactical term of being able to see what's around the corner before you actually go around the corner and i'm not saying that we have to be militant but we do have to be aware exactly so i would say what 80 percent of the people walk so close to the building wall and doors and that's i don't know if they are doing that because it makes them feel safer and that's false sense of security Mm -hmm. right or they are doing it just because they are completely unaware of everything so either way that's not natural Mm -hmm. and that's not safe and i don't think us as being humans that's how we work were being no, raised. No, I think I believe we are starting to become more des- desensitized in terms of the health of our senses. And Ayurveda, Ayurveda has been talking about that for a long time. Ayurveda it calls that a, a intellectual blasphemy. So, but Explain. intellectual blasphemy is actually doing doing dishonor to our humanity and to our intellect, doing dishonor to our buddhi. Buddhi is spelled B-U-D-D-H-I. It's not about the butt in this case. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's about our buddhi. So we are dishonoring our divine intellect, our buddhi, because we are not honoring our senses which means we are not paying enough attention to our environment and we don't receive the right input from our senses, then we completely have the wrong information. And that's intellectual blasphemy, uh, the precise translation of uh, Ayurveda. And, I th- and that, was, that was then, that was 500 A.D., at least. At least that the Charaka was talking about it. So imagine now, now it's, now it has been accelerated. Mm-hmm. So. Now I know when we were teaching a stand-up paddle teacher training for like yoga teachers and fitness instructors, uh, we were trying to get them to be aware of their surroundings so yes. that they could make their clients feel comfortable exactly. when they're teaching a class. Because at first you're a 
you are a guide first, a yoga teacher second. Hmm. You so, have to have that situational exactly. awareness so that you keep your your clients protected. Yes. But now we're taking it into you have to have that situational awareness to keep yourself and or your family protected. Exactly, in any given situation. And when we were teaching in about the, in the stand-up paddle and yoga teacher training, we were describing the environment, right? Mm -hmm. We were saying in a classroom, you are in a controlled environment compared to being out on the water, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Now, this is for any given situation how to be prepared. Now, I know that uh, when... We were when I was working on the beach. Uh, one of our biggest crimes was mainly people leaving their purse or their wallet in an unlocked car, yeah. leaving their purse or wallet on the beach, uh, and then going in swimming for an hour or yes. going for a walk. So they they had lost their awareness of their surroundings when they go on vacation. And yeah, it's, it's, they were making assumptions, right? They yeah. were they were assuming that they that they were everything. Nobody was going to take Exactly, anything. that there was no change, yep. right? They they were assuming that it is as if, you know, they are staying at home or something. Yep. That uh, So, and those, so they were not able to distinguish between the gross and the subtle, uh -huh. right? That's what Ayurveda would say. Ayurveda has that pair of qualities, right? The yep. gross versus the subtle. So, they had no concept of the subtleties that exist in uh, different environments. Oh. So I, I'm seeing that in today now that uh, most people are almost on vacation mode walking down the street all yeah. the time. So yeah. they're, they're losing that edge that they had. Yeah, they're, they're not... walking with their backpacks completely unzipped. Uh -huh. and... and also they're walking without making eye contact. Yeah. Uh, they're... they're they're almost walking as if they don't want to have any contact with anyone. Yes. And that's what the prey looks for, is people that are not aware of what's around them, that are not making eye contact, that are not looking forward, that are not walking tall, that are not doing things that would make them look more of a prey. Or make them you mean more the predator, predator looks yeah, the for predator prey. Looks for, yeah. yeah. So, That's what the prey is. Yeah, right? prey is the ones that yeah. are looking down. They're not making eye contact. They're yes. always uh, they the shoulders are rounded forward. They're maybe shuffling their feet. Mm -hmm. They're doing things that make them weaker. Yes. And I know in in easier yoga, target. Yep. And in yoga, we talk about uh, you know like uh, child's pose. Yes. Uh, mountain pose with your feet together. Uh, there's all these different poses that we do that are actually more of a submission pose yes. than a uh, empowering, empowering pose. pose. Exactly. So do you think that uh, because people are doing more submissive poses today than empowering poses, that that's creating more of a weaker society? Definitely. 
So, so you you blame the weak society on yoga? Yeah, I've always talked about uh, the yoga conspiracy, and uh, now I'm also talking about the Ayurveda conspiracy. So, hey, you can call me a conspiracy theorist, but when it comes to yoga and Ayurveda, I've seen it firsthand. I've lived it. So, I am extremely qualified to talk about the yoga and Ayurveda conspiracy. You want me to elaborate on it? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but, uh, but if we can turn that around yeah. to some degree mm -hmm. where you're not doing, and I know that a lot of the yoga people, and because I've heard it so many times, will like, let's all, we, we should always see things as peace. Exactly. They'll tell you, yes, leave your wallet there and the people are good and this and this and, and nothing bad will happen to you if you don't talk about it or if you don't think about it. That whole positive affirmation and positive visualization and all that crap. Yeah, and let's positive, make you weaker. Yep, and positive affirmation and stuff is good. But you can't use it for everything. Positive affirmation is good only if you are strong enough to take care of yourself and your community when the shit hits the fan. Otherwise, positive affirmations don't work. And a positive affirmation is just half the story. They, they are ignoring the dynamic balance of the universe and of existence. That's why the Upanishads talk about the gods, talk about the demons, talk about the humans. There is, there is not just one side to the story. You can't ignore the gods, you can't ignore the demons, you can't ignore the humans. And that's why Vivekananda says, only what makes you stronger is what you want to bring into your life. Anything that weakens you, anything that makes you too soft, anything that takes the power away from you, anything that makes you blind to the world, you want to eliminate. So yes, positive affirmations are just one part of life. But you still got to do the rest. But you still have to do the rest. But the rest is harder. The rest is harder if you don't want to be uncomfortable. If you're so soft, so weak, so fragile, so cloudy that something like there is evil and it can happen and what are you going to do about it? If something like that you want to eliminate from your thinking, then it's, you are past the dynamic balance and then you need to take more drastic measures. So what is hard and what is easy is, is all relative, right? That's what Ayurveda says. Mm -hmm. So it's that, that, that's why you have to always stay, you, you have to always consider the source of your information and consider, the, con, consider what you do for most of your day. 
So choose your yoga practice wisely. Very nice. So let's say night night for now. And My rant is over yes. for now. Until next time, much, much love from both of us. Namaste kala. May we all be well, adapt, and thrive. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both. And subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, namaste kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.